Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome in, everybody. Another edition. A bowl game preview edition. College football betting. I'm your host, Aaron Torres. Hope everybody is doing well. Hope everybody is ready for what should be a very fun episode of the pod. So here's the deal. Last week, we did our first look at the college football semifinal games, the Rose Bowl, Michigan, Alabama, the Sugar Bowl, Texas, and Washington. Next week, I will give you my official picks for the college football playoff, but today, we are going to hit on all of the other big games. The Orange Bowl, Georgia, Florida State, the Cotton Bowl, Missouri and Ohio State, the Peach Bowl, Miss and Penn State, all of the big games outside of the college football playoff. Next week, playoff preview. So many big, fun, interesting games to get to, which we are just going to do here momentarily. Before we get started, quick reminder, if you're not subscribed to college football betting, please make sure to do so. If you listen via podcast, Apple or Spotify is the way to go. And we are also on YouTube, College Football Betting with Aaron Torres on YouTube. Appreciate your support. That channel is growing. Please make sure to go ahead and subscribe there. Uh, And also, I do want to thank our sponsor, our partner, DraftKings Sportsbook and the DraftKings Sportsbook app. I've told you throughout the fall, but we have partnered with DraftKings Sportsbook and you can bet. How about this? If you're a first time customer, you can bet $5 on any game and get 150 in bonus bets instantly when you use the promo code Torres. That is right. First time customers download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, bet $5 on any bowl game, any level, whatever you want to bet on. Bet five, get 150 in bonus bets instantly. With that said, let's not waste any more time. Let's get to all of the big non-playoff bowl games. And I'll say this. I think some of these matchups are really, really, really intriguing. One I want to start with, it is the one that certainly there's a lot of controversy and a lot of anger and a lot of drama around it. I'm, of course, talking about the Orange Bowl that will be on December 30th. Uh, tw- uh, it's a four o'clock Eastern game, which I think is kind of interesting. Always think of the orange bowl as a night game, great crowd, loud crowd, maybe a few beverages before the game, but there's NFL that night. So it is a 4 PM Eastern start, obviously number five, Florida state, number six, Georgia, Georgia is a 14 point favorite in the DraftKings Sportsbook. the over under set at 44 and a half. Now coming into this game. You don't need me to tell you what this is all about and what the storyline is. And I think what's kind of crazy is, you know, Mike Norvell did a a press conference earlier in the week, just so people know I'm recording here right before Christmas. So about eight, nine days before the game. And Mike Norvell did a press conference where he said the wound is, is not healed. Like we're still mad about this. And so obviously there's a lot of controversy, a lot of conversation about the fact that Florida state is not in the college football playoff as an undefeated ACC champion. 
We've been down that road. We're not going to relitigate it. But understand that Florida State is still mad. Now, it is worth noting from the Florida State perspective, there have already been a few opt-outs, and we're frankly probably expecting a few more. Uh, from the Florida State side, best running back Trey Benson has opted out. Best DN, Tr Jared Verse, right before I started recording, has opted out. He's probably a first-round draft pick. Uh, Johnny Wilson, the wide receiver, has opted out. No word yet on Keon Coleman, which is kind of interesting. Uh, but on a positive note, I think you do get back that second-string quarterback in Tate Rodemaker. The third stringer, of course, uh, was playing in that ACC championship game. Kind of interesting from the Georgia side of things. There was kind of some anger from them as well following the announcement of the playoff four. Now, after the SEC championship game, Kirby Smart went to the podium. If it's about the four best teams, you got to include us. I don't even think Kirby Smart really believed that. But obviously, the Florida lawmakers are kind of suing the NCAA or suing whoever. I saw some Georgia lawmakers get in there. But now Georgia has to regroup. <laughs> obviously, they're not changing the college football playoff this year to include these teams. And Georgia has to regroup, and they're kind of in an interesting spot. I think from a positive perspective side, Carson Beck is uh, not only playing in this game, but he announced that he's coming back. But on the negative side, by the way, as far as opt-outs are concerned, uh, kind of interesting. Brock Bowers hasn't officially announced one way or the other yet. Kind of get the hunch he wants to play. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, but I will say, Georgia's depth has taken a little bit of a hit as they have had 18 different players enter the transfer portal since the season ended. I don't think it's anybody that's earth-shattering as far as how this game gets played, but it is worth noting. Makai Muse, their star skill position return guy is out. Brock Vandegrift, their backup quarterback is out. God willing, you know, knock on wood. Nobody's wishing ill will towards Carson Beck, but if something happens to him, you got to go to the third stringer, Gunnar Stockton. Um, and just a lot of the depth on this team was kind of sapped by the transfer portal. Now, in terms of this game itself, listen, if you listen to a show like this, you've probably watched Georgia a bunch this year, and you certainly have watched Florida State at least in that ACC championship game where they could not move the ball. And I do think to me, there's two very interesting, very divergent questions in this game. The question, pretty straightforward, is as follows. The questions to me are pretty simple. One, how does Georgia do against what is actually statistically the best defense that they have played all year? We'll get to that in a minute. And of course, can Florida State move the ball at all against an elite Georgia defense that again has NFL dudes all over? And so from the Florida State being able to move the ball on Georgia perspective, I'll be honest, I don't think there's a lot of new ground to cover there. Florida State's offense without Jordan Travis, it just was not very good. Um, you know, I went back and looked at the stats. I was kind of blown away by just how bad it was. Okay. So in the two games that, that there was no Jordan Travis, remember Tate Rodemaker did in theory, at least play in the first game, at least a little bit, um, in those two games, uh, let's see here. Uh, the Florida state offense had 232 yards of total offense against Florida, 219 yards of total offense against Louisville. So they averaged about 225 or so yards, give or take. So that offense is not good. Now, it's worth noting a couple of things. One, Rodemaker is expected back. And it was a little bit better with him than uh, than Brock Glenn, the, the, the third stringer. He did play well against North Alabama. Does that count for anything in FCS team compared to freaking Georgia? I don't know. 
but I will say a couple other things. You know, some of the backups are, are really good players. Um, you know, Toa Feely, the backup running back, he was actually a, a bigger part of their win over Louisville in the conference championship game than Trey Benson was. Trey Benson's really good, but Jay Toa Feely, the backup, had 110 yards rushing in that game. So they've proven they can run the ball with or without uh, 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 Jordan Travis. Uh, and then from the Georgia perspective, let me say this. Everyone spent so much time focusing on how awful Florida State's offense is, and it is awful. I'm not, I was not one of those people that thought that Florida State really deserved to be in the college football playoff. Um, top four, I don't think you can argue they were one of the four best teams in college football without Jordan Travis. But what I did say coming out of the ACC championship game, Florida State fans, before you get mad at me, yell and scream, throw stuff at your screens, throw your TV out the window, however you're consuming this content, I will say this. When there was talk that Florida State would get in over Bama, I did say after the ACC championship game, I said everyone's so focused on the offense. The defense is really, really, really good. And I said, if Florida State is that number 14, they won't embarrass themselves. Like there have been teams that go to the college football playoff and just get embarrassed. Michigan State a few years ago when they played Bama. Um uh, you know, Cincinnati, with due respect, did not belong on the same field uh, as as Bama when they played them. And I said with Florida State, if they get in, they won't get embarrassed because the defense is so good. Now, I don't know if the offense can move the ball, but the defense is really good. And that's what I think isn't getting talked about enough in this game. Georgia's really good, but they aren't as elite across the board as they have been. Specifically, they don't run the ball very well. Carson Beck was so good that I think it got a little overshadowed that the run game really did struggle for Georgia this year. Uh, they finished the season 41st in rush offense, which again, part of it is the quarterback play was really good, but part of it was the run game was not good. Georgia is coming off the worst performance of the year in the SEC championship game, and it is worth noting against the best defense that they played all year, the Alabama Crimson Tide. And so in that game, they had 321 yards of total offense. It was their lowest output of the, of, of basically of, of the entire season. And it was against the best defense they played all year. Why am I bringing it up? It is because statistically, Florida State was actually better than Alabama was this year on the defensive side of the football. And I know what everyone will say. Oh, it's the ACC. Everybody stinks. And like, I can't argue that the ACC was, was, was very good this year. But it is worth noting that LSU game to start the year, that LSU offense that nobody in the SEC could slow down. Jaden Daniels won the Heisman Trophy because he put up, you know, even in losing efforts, he was putting up 40, 50 points. But, you know, puts up 49 points against uh, Ole Miss. Puts up, you know, whatever. It was 28-28 when he got hurt against Bama. You go on and on down the list. The guys scored out everybody. They could not move the ball against this Florida State team. And so when I look at this game, George, I think everybody's just handing them this game on a silver platter. I think this Florida State defense is going to be ready. I think they're going to be focused, and that leads into my pick. This is a betting pod. If, if you're watching it, you know, whatever. Bottom line, if I had to make a best bet in this game, what I would say is my best bet is actually the under of 44 and a half. I know it's not sexy. I know it's not fun. I do think Georgia wins this game, but I don't think they just move the ball up and down the field on this Florida State team. This Florida State defense is real. Uh, it is worth noting, by the way, the kid um, – Patrick Payton, the, the 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 elite edge player, who like went on Twitter and said, "I'm transferring." Sorry, Noel Nation. He's back with the team practicing, and most of that defense is rested and ready to go. There will be no Jared Verse, but I bring it up. By the way, 
for people who are watching this individual clip as opposed to listening to the pod, uh, we recorded this right before Christmas. So again, uh, there might be some new information about opt-outs, but I just bring it up to very simply say this defense is going to come ready to play. My official pick is Georgia 24, Florida State 14. But my best bet, if I was going to the window and making a wager, it would be the under. Let's go to another really, in my opinion, interesting game in bowl season that doesn't involve the college football playoff. I want to talk about the Cotton Bowl, which is Friday, December 29th. The game is obviously being played at Jerry World. The Ohio State Buckeyes taking on the Missouri Tigers. Missouri was a two and a half point favorite early in the process. As I'm recording, they're down to a one point favorite. So money is coming in on Ohio State. And I kind of have a take on this game. I think it's kind of must win for Ryan Day. I'll explain in a minute. Before we get to it, though, the big news coming into this one, every bowl game has a narrative outside of the narrative. It's the debut of Devin Brown as your Ohio State starting quarterback, right? So you come out of the Michigan game, you lose for a third straight year. Kyle McCord throws two interceptions. And what becomes obvious is that fair or not, he's kind of the fall guy for what happened against Ohio State or against Michigan. Now, I watched that game. I thought it was a joint effort in losing to Michigan. I thought Ryan Day coached scared. I thought the defense on the biggest drive of the year, Michigan took seven minutes off the clock. And I thought Kyle McCord wasn't very good throwing two interceptions in that game. And I thought all season long, he was not good. So for people, well, you clearly didn't watch him all year. I know he's not CJ Stroud. I know he's not Justin Fields. I get all that. I didn't think he was the biggest reason why he lost the game, but whatever. It's clear that he was the guy that is being blamed for it. And so because of it, uh, he is now uh, a member of the Syracuse Orange. Shout out to Syracuse, who is, by the way, all of a sudden very interesting. But I just bring it up because he is out as the starting quarterback. Devin Brown is in. Devin Brown got major snaps in the first two games of the season. 12 of 22 passing, 197 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. So not a ton of game experience, but listen, he was a very highly touted player, was committed to USC, decommitted, ended up at Ohio State. It's not as though he can't play quarterback. So that's the big story. But the other big story, and again, I'm recording here just a day or two before Christmas, so stuff is changing. It's a little uncertain. Is Ohio State going to have all their dudes for this game? Because to me, I look at it, you know, we just talked about Florida State, Georgia. Florida State is like angry, prove the world wrong. Georgia's kind of in that middle ground where they lost some guys. And I think Ohio State's kind of in that mix as well. Because Ohio State did lose 15, 16, 17 guys to the portal. But it sounds like all their dudes might play. We know Emeka Abuka is playing. He's already said that. Uh, as I record, there is no word on Travion Henderson. There is no word on Marvin Harrison Jr. But I did think it was worth noting that Denzel Burke, the star uh, defensive back, he, in a press conference early, right before Christmas, said, we think all our guys are going to be there. So that's obviously something to keep an eye on. The money is coming in on Ohio State. And listen, we know who Ohio State is, even with a new quarterback. If all those dudes are playing, guess what? It's game on because obviously the defense was elite last this, this past season, top five in pretty much every major statistical category. The skill position guys are certainly there. The run game when Travion Henderson was healthy was phenomenal but the quarterback play wasn't good enough. And so if Devin Brown is the dude that every Ohio State fan says he is, then I think there's a pretty good chance that they look good, they put up points. And oh, by the way, even if Marvin Harrison doesn't play in this game, doesn't it kind of have the vibe of the Rose Bowl two years ago, which doubled as Marvin Harrison's breakout game? Remember that game? 
no Garrett Wilson, no Chris Olave. So Marvin Harrison it gets his first real playing time, and he has like seven catches, including three touchdowns or whatever it was. Jackson Smith and Jigba, they beat Utah a lot. It was like 45-41 in that game. So even if Marvin Harrison doesn't play, could be a breakout game for Carnell Tate, for Brandon Innes, for whoever. Uh, so I think it's kind of interesting. We kind of know who Ohio State is. We're not sure who's playing. But I'd also like to see some of those young wide receivers get some more reps. Would be very fascinated to watch that. From the Missouri perspective, I'll just say, like, we can make fun of Eli Drinkwitz. And trust me, everybody does. That guy, like, I think he did a heck of a coaching job this year. Remember, they were coming off, what, a 6-6 six and six season? He got an extension. A lot of people thought the 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 De, uh, you know Desiree Reed Francois, the AD, was crazy giving him an extension. Thought he did a heck of a coaching job. And the thing that stands out to me about them is two things. One, they're very battle tested. They play in the SEC, and I know the SEC was maybe a little bit overrated this year. But they played at Georgia. They played LSU at home. They played Tennessee at home. Uh, in the non-conference, they played a good Kansas State team. They played a Memphis team that was a factor in the AAC. So they played a lot of really good competition. Beyond that, they're just a really balanced football team. They're a team that with Brady Cook had one of the best passing offenses in all of college football this past season. But then also Cody Schrader on the defensive side of the ball, um, was, or Cody Schrader in the run game, was elite as well. He was one of the best running backs in all of college football. So balanced on offense, I know that statistically the defense was not great, um, but I also think it is worth noting. They did play five of the top 30 offenses in college football this year. LSU, you may have heard of them. They were pretty darn good. Georgia, Carson Beck, an elite offense this year, even though, as I just said, the run game was not great. Uh, Memphis, really good offense. Kansas State, really good offense. Tennessee, top 30 offense in college football. So they're battle-tested. They've played a lot of – that's the thing that stands out. Not just good teams, but different styles. LSU throwing the ball all over the field. Georgia, kind of a balanced attack. You know, Memphis, kind of more that passing. So I, I just bring it up because they played a lot of different teams, a lot of different types of styles. And as we head into this game, I think I like our guy Eli. Now, by the way, I think the over should be very much considered here because I think they're going to be able to move the ball on that Ohio State team. But one thing about Ohio State – well, there's really two things. The first one with Ohio State. The defense was elite. I'm not taking that taking anything away from them as far as that's concerned. But you look at the offenses that they played. Who is the top offense that they played all season long at Ohio State? You know, Michigan finished in the top, barely in the top 70. Maryland finished at, at 57. I guess Western Kentucky would be it. So it's not to say that that Ohio State's defense isn't good. But how many elite offenses did they play over the course of this season? Wasn't very many. Missouri is the 24th ranked total offense in all of college football. That is the best offense that they have played statistically all season long. So I think there is something to that. I think it's worth noting the Missouri defense, they ain't going to be intimidated by Devin Brown. Not when they've seen Jaden Daniels, not when they've seen Carson Beck, not when they've seen the Tennessee offense. So this is, in theory, the best offense that Ohio State has seen all year. Maybe the most dynamic, most balanced, whatever. Again, Missouri, by the way, is ranked, uh, where are they ranked here? I just want to make sure I have this right. In terms of total offense, Missouri is number 24 nationally. For comparison's sake, Maryland was 57, Michigan, Michigan was 69, Penn State was 61. So it's an elite offense. And I don't know that Ohio State's faced anyone quite as dynamic. But then on the flip side, 
Missouri ain't going to be scared of that Ohio State offense when Ohio State's offense is on the field. The other thing, I'll be blunt. I'll say this. There's not many times in life that I am genuinely shocked by a reaction of a fan base, of a school, of a whatever. I am stunned the reaction of Ohio State fans over the last three, four weeks to that Michigan loss. Because while I will not sit here and say that Kyle McCord was great or even good in that game, he wasn't the reason that they lost, in my opinion. The two interceptions were crushing. I get it. But again, he's forcing throws in the final minute because his defense could not get off the field when they needed to when Michigan had the ball late in the game. And so you force Kyle McCord out. He takes all the blame. Ryan Day takes none of it. None of it's Ryan Day's fault. It's all on Kyle McCord. He's not the guy. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. You know what that reminds me of? People forget this now. But a year ago, a lot of the stuff that people were saying about Kyle McCord, now they were saying about C.J. Stroud going into that bowl game against Georgia. Remember last year in that semifinal, everyone thought Georgia was going to win because why? We thought C.J. Stroud was soft. Oh, he's not good enough. He's not this. He's not that. Then C.J. Stroud was like, screw you, and he balled out. And by the way, he's been balling out in the NFL the entire season. And so it's kind of wild because last year it was like, oh, I don't know if C.J. Stroud's got that dog in him. Well, he's got the dog in him. Then Kyle McCord comes in. Well, Kyle McCord definitely doesn't have that dog in him. But Devin Brown, he's the guy. Devin Brown's the guy. He's the difference maker. And so it's like, to me, it just blows my mind. It's like, so basically what, you tell, what you're telling me is the guy that led you to an 11-1 season that beat out Devin Brown for the spot. No, he's not the answer. But the guy that could not take the job in fall camp in the first and second game, that guy is the answer? I'm sorry, I don't buy it. Think about it. Devin Brown, in fall camp, there was talk that he was leading the quarterback battle, and that may have been true. But then he got put into the Indiana game. Didn't really do anything. Then he got put into the second game of the year. Didn't really do anything. And by the third game, Ryan Day was like, I got to roll with Kyle McCord because we got Notre Dame in two weeks from now. And so I just bring it up because I, 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 I like, I, I don't get why Devin Brown is suddenly the answer when he wasn't the answer three months ago. I know guys get better, but I just, I, I don't get it. And so I'm fascinated by it. I, I don't understand the Devin Brown love. And if I had to make a pick, I like Missouri. I do think the over is going to be in play here, but I think Missouri wins probably like, what, 28, 24, something like that. Is that the over? Yeah, that'd be over. That'd be 52. I think the over is probably the best bet, but I also like the Missouri money line. I don't understand the fascination with Ohio State and specifically Devin Brown. Maybe he proves me wrong. If he proves me wrong, go to the comment section and tell me how wrong I was next week, Ohio State fans. I just don't see it. All right, so what we're going to do, take a quick break. Come back when we come back. We'll hit on the other major bowl games. We want to talk Peach Bowl, Ole Miss versus uh, Penn State. That one's interesting. We want to talk the Alamo Bowl. Remember the Alamo? Oh, I do. Arizona, Oklahoma, a couple other big games, quick break. We'll be right back. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, everybody. I'm back. Good to be back. Good to be back. Uh, let's get to some of these other big bowl games. Uh, you know, I'll just say this is that for all the criticism that we see about non-playoff bowl games on social media, uh, I think that a lot of these matchups are really fun. The Orange Bowl, we just talked about. The Cotton Bowl, I think it's a pseudo must win for Ryan Day. You know what other game is very interesting to me? The Peach Bowl, 12 Eastern. That would be on the 30th, Saturday the 30th. So I just mentioned the Florida State-Georgia game is a 4 p.m. kickoff. Well, the game that precedes it, it is Ole Miss versus Penn State in the Peach Bowl. Kind of interesting to think about a year from now. Both of these teams are in the top 12. This is what kind of that first round of the college football playoff will look like a year from now. Uh, But they're playing in the Peach Bowl, and I'm a little bit surprised to see this. Penn State is a four-point favorite. In this game in the DraftKings Sportsbook, the over-under set at 48. And why I'm kind of surprised, you know, Penn State, I I mean, what can we say about Penn State that hasn't already been said? Listen, they're not a bad program. They're probably, frankly, the envy of about 120 other programs in college football. The problem is the gap between them and the upper, 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 upper squads, like we kind of know what it is. This was another year just like last year where they finished 10 and two in the regular season, win all the games that they're supposed to. And in the games that matter the most Michigan and Ohio state, they do not have success. And so that's what their track record is. That is who they are. It is worth noting. Again, when we go to a 12 team playoff era, 10 and two in the big 10 is going to get you into the college football playoff if they can do it again. But of course, obviously next year, there's going to be some other competition in the league as well with Oregon, Washington, USC, UCLA, whatever, You kind of get the point as far as who Penn state is, you know, the cool thing about doing shows like this, this late in the year, you don't need me to tell you elite defensively. The offense is, eh, you know, I don't know how to say it nicely. Defense though is something special top three in basically every category that matters. Number one, total defense in college football, give about 223 yards per game. Number three, scoring defense in college football. Elite against the run, elite against the pass, top three nationally in both categories. So this defense across the board was unbelievable. The offense, well, the run game was good. Nick Singleton is awesome. Katron Allen is awesome. The pass game still leaving a little bit to be desired. Drew Aller, five-star kid. I think we all thought he was going to be a step up from Sean Clifford. He was kind of whatever, wasn't he? 23 touchdowns, one interception. That's great but 63% completion percentage, not a lot of deep balls. Um, You know, listen, about six and a half yards per completion. That is by no means elite. And I don't think that's what any of us signed up for in year one of the Drew Aller era. Now, the good news is he's got at least one more year of eligibility. He's not a finished product yet, but this offense wasn't quite as explosive as we expected. One offense that you don't got to worry about being explosive. That is, of course, Ole Miss coming off a 10 and two season. And it's kind of interesting that the, the, the dynamic of the two programs, right? Penn State going 10 and two, but losing their two biggest games. Little bit of a disappointment because you kind of thought, okay, they're, they're finally maybe on an even playing field with, with, with Michigan and Ohio State. Ole Miss is kind of the exact opposite. I think Lane Kiffin, historic, compared to the history 
Lane Kiffin has largely overachieved at Ole Miss. This year, the only two games he lost were the two games that he had a decided talent disadvantage at Georgia, at Bama, and they beat everybody else on the schedule. We'll give him credit. I think he is doing an amazing job at this job, and I'll give credit to somebody else too. I was not sold on Jackson Dart coming into this year. I'll take it a step further. I'm not sold that Lane Kiffin was sold on Jackson Dart coming into this year, and you know how I know? It's because Lane Kiffin signed two transfer quarterbacks a year ago. This last offseason, Walker Howard, uh, Spencer Sanders, both were signed to come in and compete with Jackson Dart for the job. Da- Jackson Dart gets the job. Da- Jackson Dart wins the job, throws for 2,900 yards, 20 touchdowns, and credit to Kiffin. The run game is humming with Quinshawn Judkins and Ulysses Bentley. And oh, by the way, the wide receiver room, I thought, came together very nicely. Trey Harris, you know, big-time transfer. The tight end transfer, I believe, was from Memphis. So they did a very good job of developing guys within that program. Defense, not elite, but they also face some very good offenses. LSU, number one offense in the country. Uh, Georgia had a very good offense this year. You know, listen, you'll laugh when I say this, but even like a Georgia Tech statistically had a pretty good offense this season. You go on and on down the list. Um, Again, the defense wasn't great. But part of it was they faced some pretty good offenses overall. By the way, Georgia Georgia Tech was a top 30 uh, total total offense. So if you're going to make fun of me, just understand that the offense was pretty good this year for the Yellow Jackets. Bring it all up to say, when I look at this game, we know who both teams are. I would argue the strength of Penn State is definitely the defense. The strength of Ole Miss is the offense. Normally, I'd give the advantage to the defense. Not not I don't want to say I'd give the advantage to the defense, but but normally I can see where Penn state would be favored in this game. My big thing is I am just so not sold on Penn state's offense at all that I do like Ole Miss to pull off the upset. I'll just, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I like the Ole Miss money line of plus four. And let me explain why. Obviously the big question is, you know, immaculate force versus the immovable object, the immaculate force being that Ole Miss offense, the immovable object being the Penn state defense. And when I look at that, this is what I see. I see an Ole Miss offense that has faced great defenses this year and had some success. I don't know that Penn State has faced an offense quite like Ole Miss's, though. So from the Ole Miss perspective, think about this. They have faced three of the top 15 total defenses in college football. Alabama, Georgia, and Texas A&M. The two true road games they struggled, but against Texas A&M, they put up 38 points at home. And so you have a neutral crowd, probably a little bit of a lean towards Ole Miss with the game in Atlanta. They've seen great defenses. They've seen Texas A&M. They've seen uh, Alabama. They've seen Georgia. Here's my question, though. I just asked it in the Cotton Bowl. Has that Penn State defense faced an offense like Ole Miss? Because I'm sorry, I'm here to tell you that they haven't. As a matter of fact, I went ahead and looked it up. Penn State on the season, faced a grand total of one top 35 offense all season long. That was West Virginia in week one of the year. And then they didn't face the top 35 offense all year. How about this though? They did face five bottom 35 offenses in college football. Indiana was ranked 101st nationally. Rutgers was ranked 123rd nationally. Northwestern ranked 124th nationally. Michigan State 128th nationally. And how about Iowa coming in dead last 133rd nationally? And so I just bring it up to very simply say, I don't know 
that Penn State has faced an offense quite like this. I think Ole Miss will be able to move the ball as well as anybody has on Penn State this year. And I just don't believe in this Penn State offense at all. Also worth noting, by the way, with the Penn State defense, no Chop Robinson who's opted out of this game. But I think this is more important. No Manny Diaz, the defensive coordinator, pulled all the strings. Uh, you know, maybe the best defensive coordinator in college football this past season. He has since taken the Duke head coaching job. He will not be here because of it. I like Oh, Miss. Let's keep the party going. Listen, there's one more. Um, there's one more. Um, what you call it? Uh, uh, a New Year's Six bowl game. If you want the deep dive on Liberty versus Oregon. You're going to have to go somewhere else. Listen, Liberty's really good. Jamie Chadwell, he's been on the Aaron Torres pod once or twice. He's really good at what he does. Oregon, you know Oregon's deal. I think it's interesting that Bo Nix is playing in this game. So I do think you'll get a very good effort from Oregon. If I had to lean anything, I saw the over-under was 66 and a half. I think, I think Liberty's going to be able to put up some points. I would still probably lean Oregon to, to, to not only win but to cover. I ain't betting that one though. And, 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 you know, that's part of this show, right? I don't give you picks that I wouldn't bet myself and that I don't bet myself. So let's go to the final game that I kind of feel pretty good about. That is the Alamo. Remember the Alamo Torres does Arizona versus Oklahoma. How about this? Kind of an interesting line here, Arizona, the Wildcats nine and three coming into this game. They are actually the three-point favorite, a three-point favorite over Oklahoma. The over-under set at 62 and a half. couple thoughts on this one coming in. One, first of all, remember this, kind of an interesting fun fact. Last year, remember who played in this game? It was Texas and Washington. It was a college football playoff preview a year ahead of schedule. Who could have guessed it? Well, it ended up happening. I think it's sort of worth noting. We just talked about the college football playoff preview. Uh, with Penn State Ole Miss, I think both Oklahoma and Arizona could be in the mix next year because Arizona's 9-3. and three. They return basically everybody. Oklahoma returns quite a bit. And that includes, and this is the big story coming into this one, Jackson Dart, the new starting quarterback. So for people who don't follow this stuff religiously, um, you know, I'm sure a lot of people were kind of surprised to see Dylan Gabriel enter the transfer portal. And I saw all sorts of speculation of, oh, is it NIL? How much is Oregon offering? And listen, I don't think Dylan Gabriel is playing for charity. I don't think he's playing for free. But the reason that Dylan Gabriel is not the quarterback at Oklahoma in this game and won't be next year is because Oklahoma basically told him, we got this five-star kid waiting in the wings, Jackson Arnold. He was a five-star in last year's recruiting class. Um, He played sparingly this year, but he was brought in to be the guy to lead Oklahoma into the SEC. And so now we get him in his first career start in this game and bluntly, I'm really excited to see him in this game. Five-star, big arm. It'll be interesting to see. Remember, we just talked about it in the Peach Bowl. Everyone talks about Penn State's defense. Well, no Manny Diaz for Penn State. And then for Oklahoma, not only is it a new quarterback, new play caller as well. Jeff Levy, the offensive coordinator, left to take the Mississippi State head coaching job. So that's worth monitoring there. It is worth noting the Oklahoma defense, it's getting better under Brent Venables. It was literally the worst defense in the Big 12 last year. This year, they are better, but they are not elite by any stretch of the imagination um, as they finished basically really, you know, kind of essentially middle of the pack in the Big 12 uh, total defense. They were they finished uh, 80th nationally, so that's not ideal. 
And then I think it is worth noting a as a pass defense, they ranked a hundredth nationally, and they're going up against a very good Arizona Wildcats passing attack. For people who are not familiar with Arizona or don't really ha- know how they got to nine and three, I'll say this bluntly: it was one of the great stories in college football this year. And one thing about college football, because we have this fourteen playoff, I think sometimes we get so wrapped up and it's the teams that are going to make the playoff that we don't see and appreciate great stories that don't involve the playoff. Well, Arizona is one of them. They were five and seven last year, one and eleven the year before in Jed Fish's first year. Now nine and three. So by the way, four game, four win increase next year. They go 13 and whatever next year. That'd be pretty darn good. But one and 11 to five and seven to nine and three this year. And a couple reasons why. One, through sort of dumb luck, they had a quarterback change from Jaden Delora to Noah Fafita. For people who don't know the backstory, Jaden Delora was a transfer from Washington State. Really good there. Played well last year. But he gets hurt. Noah Fafita comes in. And it's basically a Wally Pip situation. Never gave the job back loses to Washington by a touchdown, then loses to USC in triple overtime. And even at that point, Jed Fish was non-committal as far as like when Jaden Delora comes back, we plan on putting him back in. But once Noah Fafita got that job, he never gave it up. They beat Washington State from there. They end up winning six games in a row to end the season. And where it's especially interesting, four of those teams were ranked when Arizona played them. So listen, the Pac-12 was good this year. Can't sit there and say, well, it was the lousy Pac-12. They beat four teams that were ranked when they played them. Washington State, Oregon State, UCLA, and Utah. Took care of Arizona State. Took care of Colorado. You may have heard of them with Coach Prime. And so they took care of business down the back half of the season. Beyond the offense. By the way, Fafita is a very good player. If you haven't watched him, he's small. He's about 5'10", 5'11". But 74% completion percentage. 23 touchdowns in limited time. His high school teammate, T-Mac, Tatoria, McMillan a star that is like a a true difference maker was like a high four star coming out of high school was originally committed to Oregon. When Mario Cristobal decided to leave for Miami, he decommitted and ended up at Arizona. One of the highest rated recruits they've had in a long time. So there is talent on that Arizona team, but more importantly thought fish did a very good job of cleaning up the defense this year. Last year, they were ranked like 127th nationally or something like that uh, in total defense. This year, they were they moved up to 37th nationally. And again, remember the teams they played. They played Washington. They played at USC. They played Colorado, which could move the football. They played Washington State, the number six total offense in college football, held them to six points. So this defense is tested. This defense is ready. And I think this defense is going to show a lot of people how good it is when they play Oklahoma in the Alamo Bowl. As a matter of fact, this is an official AT best bet. I do like Arizona to win and cover in this game. Bottom line is one, I just think Arizona is a really good team. And sometimes you can tell with teams, they like being around each other. It's so obvious there's good team chemistry in that locker room. You know, Jed Fish, I think he was at least contacted about coaching jobs. Doesn't feel like he really seriously considered anything else. Uh, I don't know if he officially signed the extension, but one is certainly coming his way. But that's just a locker room that you could tell loves being around each other, and they just got better and more confident every single week. As far as Oklahoma, I think there's a couple things. One, it's worth noting that pass defense was not very good this year. And the one thing about Fafita, you give him time in the pocket, he is going to make the right play every single, not every single time, but pretty much every single time. Uh, Beyond that, and this is important, I think not only having a first-time starting quarterback in this game, 
but also having a first-time starting quarterback with a first-time starting play caller, I think that is a recipe for disaster, especially, again, against an Arizona defense that faced some really good quarterbacks and some really good offenses this year. You think Arizona is going to be worried about the uh, 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 Oklahoma passing attack because Jackson Arnold's a five-star? After they face Caleb Williams, after they face Michael Penix, after they face Cam Ward, after they face Michael Penix, I do not see it. So in the end, go ahead and give me Arizona to win this game. I'll say 31-24 is your final. Arizona wins and covers. Listen, the rest of the bowl games, they're all largely stayaways to me. I don't feel great about any of them. Let's just rip through some of them quick. Uh, we do have, uh, let's start here. Where should we start? Listen, I mentioned the the, the Fiesta Bowl earlier. Um, that is not a game that I will be betting personally. Oregon is a 17-point favorite over um, over Liberty. Uh, if you have a great feel for Liberty, Oregon, feel free to bet it. I'm staying away. You know, just looking at some other games on the schedule. Uh, let's just look here really quick. I'm just trying to find some that may be of interest. Listen, Holiday Bowl. Louisville, USC, total stay away to me. You know, this feels like a circle the wagons game for Lincoln Riley where everyone's given up on him. Awful, awful end of the season. Awful transfer portal cycle. Bunch of guys leaving. Awful national signing day. So Louisville's going to win, right? And then USC goes out and puts up 42 points and whatever. Stay away to me. It is an intriguing game, though. If USC comes out and lays a total egg, whew, that could be a disaster for them. So that game is next, uh, let's see here, just want to make sure to confirm the date. That is next Wednesday, the 27th. Wednesday, the 27th is also the uh, Mayo Bowl. The no, It's not the Mayo Bowl anymore. It's the Military Bowl, excuse me. North Carolina versus West Virginia. No Drake May in that one, so it's a stay away. The Texas Bowl, Texas A&M versus Oklahoma State. Kind of a fun old school Big 12 rivalry Texas A&M is a two-point favorite over under 53. Obviously, the story there, Texas A&M has lost a lot of people since the season ended. Um, you know, the J Jalen Henderson kid is going to get the start. No strong feel there. Uh, I think it's going to be high scoring. I would probably take Oklahoma to win outright. Uh, keep it going. Rutgers versus Miami in the, the, uh, uh, the pinstripe bowl. The lean there would be Rutgers. It's about a pick them. Remember, Miami basically doesn't have a quarterback right now. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke transferred out. Emory Williams is hurt. Rutgers plays real defense. I would lean Rutgers. You would think they would have a uh, home field advantage as well with the game being played in New York City. We mentioned the Alamo Bowl really quickly as we head to the 29th, which is next Friday. We mentioned the Cotton Bowl with Ohio State, Missouri. But a couple other ones worth noting. Clemson and Kentucky in the uh, in the Gator Bowl. You know, listen, one thing I'll say, Dabo does usually rally the troops pretty good. Clemson's a five-point favorite. I would lean Clemson. The Tony the Tiger uh, Sun Bowl, Notre Dame is a six-point favorite over Oregon State. No strong lean there. If you have a strong lean in a game featuring a backup quarterback for Notre Dame versus basically a backup team and coaching staff for Oregon State, by all means, take it. But I am totally, totally, totally staying away from that one. Liberty Bowl, kind of interesting. Memphis playing Iowa State. It's a home game for Memphis, so I'm curious to see how they do there. Uh, Auburn, Maryland in Nashville. Auburn's a seven-point favorite. Remember, two, uh, Talia Tonga-Viola will not be playing for Maryland. Lean is Auburn there, but I will not be betting it. 
Uh, and then quickly, uh, the the thirty uh, New Year's Day, excuse me, Wisconsin versus LSU. No Jaden Daniels. Wisconsin itself is down to a third-string quarterback. Tennessee versus Iowa. If you bet this game, remember, you got to watch Iowa, so that's kind of a, a no-show for me. And then again, the Liberty Bowl at, on uh, New Year's Day leads into the college football playoff Sugar Bowl, or excuse me, the uh, the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl. All right, I think that's it for college football betting with Aaron Torres. I do think it's time for me to get out of here on today's show. Uh, as I mentioned, I will be uh, doing my official college football playoff picks next week. If you're not subscribed to the show, please make sure to do so. Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Music, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure to subscribe. Also, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube page, College Football Betting with Aaron Torres. Um, I think that's really it. Appreciate everybody's support. I am going to get out of here. Enjoy the bowl games. I will be back with my official college football playoff game takes next week. Appreciate everybody's support. Family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.